Hello Blazers, this is Jeff Odo. Over the next year or so, I'll share some of my philosophies on what I think it takes to build a business from scratch to $10 million in 10 years. So buckle up for this week's episode of Start Me Up. Hey everybody, this week we're going to talk about different types of clients and understanding the difference between the three. All right, last week we talked about the types of competition we have. This week, I want to talk about the types of buyers we have. The purpose of this message is to help you understand who typically purchases our services so you can understand their motivations and their needs better. This will ultimately lead to more business. Our buyers can be summarized into three groups of people. Property managers, facility managers, and then the owner administrative personnel who happen to take care of the building maintenance needs. For the purpose of this discussion, we're not going to talk about industry types, just types of individuals. Let me remind you that the types of clients that we serve best are those people who have too much to do and not enough time to do it all. Let me remind you, the types of clients we serve best are those people who have too much to do and not enough time to do it all. Sounds like almost everyone you've ever talked to, right? But really, our clients are those who are not driven by price. They have a need to save time and see the value in our relationship. Our best clients are Tier 1 clients because they are managing these contractors in addition to their full-time job. The good news is we believe we have created a business model that talks directly to each of these specific buyer's pains. Let's start with property managers who have three primary responsibilities. Number one, they have to keep the tenants happy. Number two, they have to make sure that the ownership group is happy by not spending too much money. And number three, they're responsible for hiring and firing and managing all the different operational companies to provide the facility maintenance needs. Now, here's one fact I know is that the least favorite part of a property manager's job is the vendor management component of it, or what they would probably call babysitting 20 different operational companies. Their pain revolves around dealing with salespeople who promise the moon and then operations teams who fail to deliver. And when you're managing more than 20 different vendors, this means at least double the salespeople calling them, not to mention all the invoices and multiple touches throughout the month. In this group of people, we need to focus on saving them time and reminding them that we are not suggesting that we can cut their grass any better, faster, or cheaper than they can. All we are saying is we can provide the same scope of work for the same price and save them time. Now, the downside to doing business with property managers is they're cheap and they're hard to get into, hence the reason why they are a tier two prospect. Next on the list are facility managers. Their responsibilities and pain are very similar to those of the property manager, but they're not as popular as property managers, meaning that every salesperson in town is not whining and dining them like they do property managers. In this type of relationship, you need to focus on delivering a consistent quality of service because these people cannot afford to make a mistake and they need to make sure they are choosing the right contractor. Last but not least are the owner-operators, the people who are actually paying the bills. These are the people who have the least amount of time on their hands and every extra dollar spent with a vendor means one less dollar to their bottom line. The motivations for the owner-operators or their assistants Well, they're all over the place. Anything from money to quality of time to a hundred other reasons. In this scenario, your job is to ask good questions and understand what truly motivates them. 
All right, obviously you should do that with any prospect, but especially in this group. And remember, whoever's asking the questions is the person who's in charge. So ask good questions that make them aware of their pain and that leads you to your value proposition. And then take great notes so that when you do make your presentation on why citywide, you can repeat exactly, almost word for word, what they said that they wanted out of their next vendor. And this results in you sounding like a genius and everyone getting what they want. All right, I want to leave you with a sales tip. We do not cost more money. Some people make the mistake of going out to market and saying, well, it might cost you a little more to do business with Citywide, but we are worth it. That is flat out not true. We don't want to be communicating that because we want to be priced in the middle. And most of our buyers want to avoid the highest and lowest because they want to be safe with their decisions. Therefore, we don't want to be promoting ourselves as the highest or even come in as the highest, nor would we ever want to come in as the lowest bid. Our position should always be price is not an issue. We have dozens of contractors to choose from. You just tell me what your budget is, and I will do my best to work within those parameters. Thanks for listening to Start Me Up. I hope that you'll talk to your team about what you learned today and implement something specific between this week and next. This will allow you to keep building on the foundation for a successful citywide business. Ripple on, my friends.